Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. As the year winds down, we continue on our course of providing timely and hopefully informative discussions on legal topics here on Chicago's Legal Latte. I'm Jim Mitchell, and it's my pleasure each week to serve as your host for these conversations. As always, we welcome your input and suggestions. You can reach us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. With any comments or suggestions for topics, please send those over to us again, podcast at lavellelaw.com. Now, speaking of Lavelle Law, my guest today is one of the associates from that very successful firm. Uh, Josh Nesser is with me today. Joshua uh, joins me from time to time, and we often use that opportunity to get caught up on uh, particular topics that uh, may be uh, certainly relevant, timely, and of interest to uh, uh, people of different situations. Today, we're going to take a look at those of you who are involved in the healthcare profession, perhaps uh, as a practitioner of some sort. We are going to discuss some of the requirements of the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, also known as HIPAA. Uh, A lot of details around that. We're going to get into a certain number of them today as time permits. So let's get to it. First of all, Josh, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Great to be back. Thanks for having me, Jim. Now, before we get into a few of the nuances of the act, let's let's just kind of set the stage here. Give us a, a general overview, if you can, of what HIPAA is and what it governs. So basically, HIPAA sets forth the requirements as to when healthcare providers can release healthcare information about certain individuals, when they are required to release that information, and when they cannot re- release that information. So it's really important for professionals in the healthcare in- care industry to, to become familiar with HIPAA um, so they know when they're not releasing information they shouldn't be. And it's also important for individuals to become familiar with it so they know what type of information about them is protected and cannot be released or may be released, et cetera. Okay. You mentioned the word protected. That, that word seems to come up a little bit as we look at uh, HIPAA. Can you, can you talk to us about protected patient information and what, what type of content and information are we talking about there? Yeah, like you said, HIPAA is all about what type of information is protected, um, and it's specifically defined in statutes and regulations, and basically protected health information is made up of an individual's past, present, or future physical or mental health or condition, um, the types of health care services that have been provided to that individual, or the past, present, or future payments that individual has made or will make for health care services. Um, and for information to be protected, it has to be the type that could be used to identify that specific individual, um, not just generalities with redacted information. For instance, that would not be protected healthcare information. But it could range for anything from an individual's social security number, their name, their address, their birth date, to a type of prescription they've been given, what type of treatment they've received. It's across the board. Basically, anything that relates to their personally identifiable traits in healthcare. Um, constitutes protected healthcare information. Okay. And interesting that I you know made a few notes here. You mentioned included in that is is their financial records, you know, payments they may have made, which certainly is, is beyond just the healthcare coverage. And you also made it very clear it's not just physical health coverage, mental health coverage as well. So I think those are two key points that uh, 
uh, are certainly of interest to me. We might want to uh, talk about those in a little bit here. But first of all, let's, you also mentioned you know, uh, when information can be released, when it can't be released, when it has to be released. I think uh, you had different categories there. What, what are the conditions that are required to be met to allow information to be released? So there are certain situations in which, in which uh, a healthcare provider has to release the information, two specific situations. Um, one is when the actual patient themselves or their personal representative requests access to the information or requests basically an accounting of when that information has been disclosed. The second situation, and it's a lot less applicable, is when uh, HH, HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, is doing some type of compliance investigation and requests the information. Obviously, in that case, you have to release um, protected information. Now, there are other instances in which, in which it's up to the healthcare provider's best judgment as to whether they will release that information, and if they think it's a good idea to do so, they can. Um, types of situations when, when that would occur are for its own treatment operations, um, when they've been given informal permission by the person or their representative to release the information, when the releasing of the information is incident to some type of other permitted disclosure, um, when it's for the public interest, such as to protect the public from some type of outbreak or for some type of criminal investigation, et cetera, and then for limited types of research, um, if, if somebody's conducting research and, and it's necessary to that research, that protected health information be released in some cases, the healthcare providers can release it. Other than those instances where a healthcare provider has to release information or has the discretion to release information, they cannot release the information unless an individual or their personal representative in writing authorizes them to disclose it. Okay, so a couple of things that I want to dig into, and, and you've mentioned the the individual person, you know, I can call them the patient or, or uh, the person in question there, and you, you talked about their, their designated representative. Um, I know in discussing many legal topics with your colleagues uh, over the last couple of years on these podcasts, we've heard about different forms and documents that should be in place to uh, designate someone to take care of your health care issues, your health care concerns if you're incapacitated. When you talk about this designated person here, is that what we're talking about, someone who has uh, you have chosen as an as a individual, you've chosen to be your representative should you need uh, any medical uh, assistance or decisions to be made for you? Exactly right. For somebody to be your quote-unquote personal representative, basically you have to grant them in writing um, the authority to make healthcare decisions on your behalf, to request information on, beha on your behalf. Most of the time that's going to be done in what's called a healthcare power of attorney, um, something that you would sign in case you become incapacitated and can't make decisions on your own. You're going to designate somebody else to make those decisions. Um, there's also a durable power of attorney which can grant kind of broader powers, and you might specifically state in there that your representative has the ability to make these decisions or to request information on your behalf. Um, other than that, or in the case of a child whose personal representative is generally going to be their parent, um, nobody can be your personal representative and request or authorize the disclosure of this information on your behalf. The uh, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, or HIPAA, governs the release of patient information to outside sources. Joining me today to uh, have some conversation about some elements of that uh, law is Attorney Joshua Nesser. Uh, Josh is, is part of the practice at uh, Lavelle Law, 
And uh, you can find out more about uh, some of the practice groups there by visiting LavelleLaw.com. That site also provides access to all of our past podcasts covering uh, numerous uh, practice groups at the firm. Uh, we've, we've literally got a, a library of several hundred podcasts, so you can certainly find helpful information on, on a variety of topics there that, that might be important to you at a particular time. Now, as we talk about the role of the attorney, um, you know, are there instances in which you know someone like yourself or, or an attorney representing you know the, the person or some other uh, entity can they request information and, and be granted access, or does it all fall within those descriptions that you've already provided in terms of the limits? You would think so. A lot of times, as attorneys, we're kind of granted some leeway in the rules to, to act on our clients' behalves, but unless as we already discussed, there's some type of written power of attorney in place that specifically says um, me as an attorney or somebody else can act as a personal representative for purposes of HIPAA. I cannot request protected information on my client's behalf. I cannot authorize the disclosure of that information to a third party on my client's behalf. It all comes back to that written authorization from the individual, him or herself, um, stating that a representative, whether an attorney or not, can request or authorize the disclosure. And I think, again, let me make sure I've got this because we've covered a lot of ground here already. Um, did you mention earlier, though, that if there is perhaps a criminal proceeding of some sort where the information might be relevant, that in that case the health care provider might be required to release the information? Uh, that's correct. And it doesn't, not necessarily required, but this is one of those categories where the health care provider in their best judgment can release the information. The specific category that I mentioned was where releasing the information would be in the public's best interest, um, and regulations kind of expand on that to say that healthcare providers may disclose protected health information to law enforcement officials for law enforcement purposes in a few types of circumstances um, when they're required by law, such as court orders, warrants, things like that, um, when it's necessary to identify or locate a suspect fugitive, witness, etc., um, in response to a law enforcement official's request for the information about a victim or a, suspect or a suspected victim of a crime, um, to alert law enforcement of a person's death. Another instance is when a health care provider believes that the information is evidence that a crime has occurred. Or the last case is when a covered health provider in a medical emergency outside of its location thinks that releasing the information is necessary to inform law enforcement about the crime that was committed. So when there's a criminal aspect to it, again, it's not a situation where generally the healthcare provider has to release the information, but if the healthcare provider believes that doing so is in the public's best interest because of one of those reasons I just gave, they are permitted to release the information. Now let's let's talk here with a couple minutes we've got left. I, you know I, I've spoken to uh, a couple of your colleagues over the years, uh, uh, Ted McGinn, who does a lot of work uh, with home health care companies, and, and Jim Boyd, who does a lot with small businesses. And whether we're talking you know home health care specifically or small business, medium-sized business, we've had conversations about compliance. Um, now it sounds to me as we look at health care providers and, and the role of HIPAA in, in their operating their businesses that. There may be a fair amount of work they have to do here, you know, to remain compliant. Do you have any advice for uh, companies in, in terms of what the best method of staying compliant is? Is there sort of a monthly checklist they would go through, or would they use uh, an outside attorney or service just to make sure that they're not stepping outside what they're supposed to be doing? 
Yeah, definitely. First, I would always suggest whether you're just starting a healthcare provider, whether you've been in business for a while, consult with an attorney who's familiar with HIPAA and the other um, legal issues you're going to face so you know that you're doing the right thing. But there are actually certain steps that healthcare providers should and are required to take to, to maintain their compliance with HIPAA. They have to establish policies and procedures that govern their compliance with HIPAA, the steps they're going to take to make sure they are compliant. Um, they have to designate an official within their own business that's responsible for imp implementing these policies and procedures and making sure that the employees do follow through with them. Um, they need to implement some type of training and management program so their employees are aware of these requirements or, and, and make sure they follow them. Um, and among other things, they need to put in safeguards with their data because so much is electronic now, they need to have certain safeguards in place to make sure that that electronic data is protected because obviously if there is a breach of that security, it could be a disaster for a healthcare provider as we've seen in the past. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other steps that could be taken by healthcare providers, but mostly I would say consult with an attorney, make sure you're doing the right thing, make sure you have policies and procedures in place that govern your business's practices, uh, and that's a great first step. Okay, well, I uh, certainly appreciate that, and I think that gives us a great opportunity here to kind of just stop now and, and kind of wrap up the conversation with Josh Vanessa. Um, certainly appreciate him taking the time to help us out today. Uh, and I think a lot of good information shared there. So uh, whether it's uh, compliance, administration, uh, if there are questions, the folks at Laval Law can certainly help you out, and we encourage you to visit their, their website at lavallelaw.com. Phone number for the office there is 847-705-7555. Uh, very useful information, as always, uh, when we get together with the folks here. My uh, thanks to Joshua for being with us, sharing his knowledge. Got a, a number of great topics lined up for upcoming podcasts, including a look at the new Illinois medical marijuana law, and uh, we'll also look at succession planning for the privately held business, among others, in the near term here. We uh, certainly hope you'll be able to join us for that. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 